You're listening to Sermon Audio from Grace Community Church of Gresham, Oregon. For more information about service times and ways to follow us online, please go to gracecc.net. That's gracecc.net. And thanks for joining us. Wow, so it begins to rain. The rain comes back and you come back. You're all back in church. This is fantastic. Well, maybe not all of you. For those of you who are watching online or I'm going to be listening to this as a recording or watching it as a recording later, by all means, we're so glad that you're part of our church family too and that you're, and that you're with us. So there's kind of a theme, in case you may have missed it, that's running through the service this morning by design and deliberately so. It's, it's this theme of I believe. And those of you who have been a part of our church family for any length of time know that whenever we have a baptism Sunday where we're baptizing baptizing people who have decided to follow Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, we give them this shirt and they're literally baptized in this shirt. But this idea, this reality of what we believe and why we believe is, is so very important. For many months now, the elders and um, the staff, the preaching team, we've been praying through and thinking through, okay, what is the next thing we want to steer into and grow through together um, on Sunday mornings? And so we just finished our Matthew series with Sean last week, and if you haven't had a chance to hear that final message, I really encourage you to, to go back and listen to that. It was a phenomenal message on a phenomenal chapter. But now we're cresting into a new series this week, and I'm introducing that series um, today. And it is uh, called This We Believe. And we want to go this way and go this route very deliberately for a number of of reasons. Now, for disclosure, um, I, by and large, and I think I speak for the preaching team as well, prefer to preach through an entire book like the Gospel of Matthew. And that's usually what we do. We'll do a gospel, then we'll do something from New Testament, then we'll go back to something in Old Testament. But there are seasons and times where we as shepherds try to not only listen to you, but also discern how God's moving among us and what are the real life issues that we're all up against and how do we leverage God's word, God's truth to speak into those things. And we really feel like as a leadership, we're in a season where it's more important than ever for us to know what we believe and why we believe it. And so that's really the focus of this series, and we will chase this series until we come to our Advent series, Thanksgiving weekend. But just let's walk through real briefly together. I want to lead with why. Why are we having a why or this we believe series, rather. And this is why. We do need to know what we believe and why, but we also need to be able to anchor ourselves to the truth. And we're going to talk a lot about this this morning because truth matters right it really does and we live in a day and age where we are bombarded with so much information so many voices so many things that are trying to speak into our life to tell us who we should be what we what we should be doing what our identity truly is and so often if if we can just be honest truth feels doctored and spun and dressed up and and diluted and gets reduced to, oh, well, that's true for you. You know, you do you, but this is true for me. I'm going to do me. Well, no, actually, there is something known as absolute truth, truth that applies to all people in all situations, in all contexts, in all cultures, and that truth is God's truth. 
And so once again, we're going to look at what it is that we believe, why we believe it, and why it's true. But we also want to pursue this series because we want to deepen our unity together. You know, there are so many things that we can allow to divide us, to cause divisions. We only have to look at these last couple years with COVID to see this reality. There's always plenty of things to disagree about, plenty of things to divide for, but what is it we're united around? And again, please understand this isn't about uniformity. Uniformity is very different than unity. You can be a very diverse, different community and still be deeply united. And that's who we want to be, and that's who we need to be as the church. And so we want to unify around the many things that we can unify around, but we also want to remember our identity. Again, there are more voices, more things that are telling you what you should do, what you should be about, what your value should be, than probably any other time in history. We are just bombarded because we live in the information age and we have all these things that are trying to define us and tell us who we should be and what we are. What about who God says we are? Because our deepest identity, our truest identity, is in who he says we are. So we're gonna be looking at a lot about our identity. What does that mean? But we also wanna find faith in the face of fear. And there is just so much fear all around us, all the time. Some of you know about this, but this last weekend, um, my, my mom has been having breathing difficulty for a couple weekends. This last weekend, we hospitalized her for a second time, and by the end of the weekend, we found out that she's been having these breathing difficulties because she has stage four small cell lung cancer in her inner right lung. And it is metastasized, and it's, it's moving into other areas of her body. So literally, Monday, the day, she, out, day after she got out of the hospital, she started chemotherapy. So my sister and I this week have been pulling 24-hour you know, times to be with my mom as she's gone through chemotherapy and is dealing with the after effects. But all that being said, I don't usually get my news from the evening news. I never turn on the TV and watch the news. Like a number of you, I get my news through apps and through other means. And honestly, I'm deliberate with that. And I was reminded why I'm deliberate with that. Because the evening news, at least the version we watched, was all about fear. I mean, the whole thing was all about fear. If it was negative, if it was divisive, it was, if it was something that could be anxiety-causing, that's what was focused on. I just, I was astounded and reminded why I don't watch the evening news. But that aside, there's so much fear in our culture. And yes, we've talked about this, and this is not a sermon on fear. We've done many of those. But yes, there are things we genuinely should be fearful of. But there's so many, so many things that we're afraid of that we don't need to be. And if that wasn't enough, we also want to remember that we are called to live like Jesus. We are called to love and serve others, and that will be a focus of this series too, is to remind us, to motivate us, to compel us to live out the gospel. Because again, living out the gospel is responding to the gospel. It's responding to what God has done for you. I was walking by our children's wing upstairs this morning, and as I was coming in to the building here on the wall, and it's beautiful and I love it, it says, we forgive others because God has forgiven us. That's exactly right. 
We live the gospel by responding to the gospel, by, by responding to what God has done for us. We love others because God has first loved us. We serve others because God has first served us. Jesus said the Son of Man did not come to be served but to, but to serve. So that's some of the reasons why we're headed this way with this series. And this is a very different message here this morning. I've really wrestled with this, with this message because it's not the usual message that I preach. But I, I, I believe, because it seems like the Spirit would not let go of me with this, that this is where we need to go. So with each of these messages, we are going to show you in our statement of faith, in our doctrinal statement, where these realities are where these truths come from for us. And again, if you're not familiar with a statement of faith or our doctrinal statement, that's okay. But we've basically taken what we believe to be many of the core things of what it means to follow Jesus, to know Jesus, to be the church, and compiled those into some statements. And we're gonna go after the first statement here this morning. This is how our statement of faith starts. It says, the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments are verbally inspired by God, inerrant in the original writings, and the final authority in faith and life. And there is some scripture passages that support that. There's a whole lot more. God's word is powerful to transform lives who receive this revelation by faith. What in the heck does that mean? I mean, okay. So let's unpack that just a little bit together because it does matter because we're gonna see where this is sourced and why we believe this here this morning. It says that the scriptures are verbally inspired by God. And that means that every word in the original writings is what God wanted to be there. Not just the ideas, but the actual words. And we say that it's inspired by God because God, amazingly so, worked through the various writers of the Old and New Testament as the author himself. So he used their unique personalities and settings and situations and circumstances and life experiences to communicate his truth to us through his written word. And we believe that that word is inerrant that in the original writings, it, there are no mistakes. Everything is there because God wants it there. And the translations that we have now are fully sufficient for us to have faith and to follow and understand and learn from God's, God's word. And ultimately, we believe that if you internalize God's word through right relationship with Jesus Christ, his Holy Spirit comes into your life, and you begin to live out who you truly are, your true identity, it is going to transform your life. And so that's where we're gonna go this morning. Because the reality is, God still speaks today. Do you believe that? Well, let's take that for a test drive. He speaks to us through a variety of ways. One of those ways is through his word. And for those of you who are taking notes, if you want to put these sermon, excuse me, these scripture references in, you can. They're not in your notes. Those had to go to print before I had fully developed all this. But you want to write those in, great. But these are just some of the references that talk about the reality that God speaks through his word. And we actually try to very deliberately model this to you as a preaching team. Two weeks ago when I preached on the Lord's Supper, on communion, in my own reading, apart from my preparation for that sermon, Remember I told you I was reading through Deuteronomy and Leviticus? Who in the world reads through those? We'll talk about that another time. But I'm reading through those parts of the Old Testament. And it related directly to the sermon that was going to be preached that week. What a coincidence. No. 
No, no, no. I don't believe that's a coincidence at all. I told you that I'd already been reading that. What a coincidence I would be reading some passages that related directly to the sermon I was preparing that next week. But see, this isn't just about sermon preparation. This is about daily life. How many times have you read something in the Bible and that very situation, that very scenario where you can apply that has presented itself in your life that day? How many times have you memorized a passage and all of a sudden it comes back to you out of nowhere and it's directly applicable to what you're facing that day? Or how many times have you read a passage and you've read it many times before and all of a sudden you have new insight or all of a sudden you see something that you never realized was there? And it wasn't because you were negligent or in a hurry or weren't paying attention when you originally read it. It is the Spirit of God. It's God Himself speaking to you through His Word. But for God to speak to you through his word, you have to be in his word. And man, is that hard. We live, again, in a culture and a season where there's so much noise and there's so many voices speaking into your life and you've got social speaking into your life and you've got, you know, relationships and everything else that's coming at you, but it's so imperative. You've got to be in God's Word. If you want to know the God of the Word, you have to know the Word of God. So once again, we're going to come back to where Sean left us in part last week. Are you? Are you in the Word of God? Because it's critical that you are and one of the blessings of this season with all that we have, I've talked about some of the challenges of living in this day and age in our culture. One of the blessings is there are more ways to get the word into your life and mind than ever before. You don't just have to have a hard copy, do you? In fact, most of you, I would wager, don't read your Bibles like this. You read your Bibles like this. Honestly, I'm being really honest with you, I'm in God's word more than I ever have been in any other season in my life. And the reason why is because in part of the modes that I have access to. On those drives over to the west side this week, and I've made many of them to be with my mom, I'm listening to God's word. Not all the time, but a lot of the time, just absorbing it. There, there are so many ways to be in God's word. So I love you as a fellow struggler in doing this, as a fellow Jesus follower, I'm not letting you off the hook, though. There is no excuse to not be in the Word of God. If you want to know God, you've got to be in His Word. You just have to. And you need to expect that He's going to speak to you from it because He wants to. God wants you to see Him. God wants you to hear Him. God wants you to experience Him in your life. But you've got to be in the Word in order for that to happen. But that's not the only means by which he speaks to us. He also speaks to us through prayer. He does. Oh, he does in so many, in so many ways. And, and yet again, once again, it's so hard to listen to God in prayer. I, I, I firmly believe it is an acquired skill for most of us. Most of us don't know how to do it. And probably all of us struggle to do it but we need to do it. If you are not hearing from God, how often are you stopping to actually listen for him? Because he wants you to know him and experience him and hear from him. And some of you, if you're honest with yourself in your heart of hearts, you don't know how to do that. You don't know how to listen 
to, to, the, to the Spirit of God, to the voice of God, because you don't slow down to do it. And I'm excited to tell you, happy to tell you, that in the Emotionally Healthy Relationships course that we're going to be doing, and in all the Emotionally Healthy Relationships stuff that we do around here, in each of those, we will teach you how to practice listening prayer. Not easy, but rich. And so significant for hearing God. But also God speaks to us through community. He speaks to us together. We discover God together. In fact, we're baking on this. And let me explain how. In two weeks, as Matt said, we're having our 40th anniversary celebration. It was our 40th birthday this last Easter as a church, which I think is just epic. I'm very excited about that. I'm very excited about getting to celebrate here in a couple weeks. All of our previous lead pastors, many of actually who still worship at our church, but even those that don't are, are, are going to be here. We're going to hear about what was going on in the church in those various seasons and whether this is your first day at Grace or you've been here the 40 years, this is your story and you're going to want to be a part of it in two weeks. You're going to want to be here or you're going to want to be online because it's going to be rich, and it's going to be exciting, and it's going, to be, it's going to be a blessing, and I hope that you get to be a part of it. But all that being said, part of what we're going to do is we're going to call you coming out of that celebration to 40 days of prayer. We're going to ask you to pray for 40 days for the next 40 years, hopefully, that God has ahead of us as a church. Where does he want us to go? What does he want us to be about? How does he want us to reach the next generations for him? Because you see, the vision that we have here at Grace has never been my vision. It has never been any of our previous lead pastors, just their vision. It's never been just the vision of the elders. It's never been just the vision of the staff. This is our vision as a church family. And we're counting on, we're banking on, that you're going to take 40 days to very deliberately listen to God and what he has for us in the next 40 years because God speaks through his community. We absolutely believe that. And we're going to test drive that here in a couple weeks and this next month. But God also speaks through circumstances. And we have to be careful with this one because sometimes we can rely too much on circumstances to hear God speak, but the reality is he does speak through those. And again, with all of these means, prayer, community, circumstances, it always goes back to God's word. God's word is always the final authority and the final filter for how we determine what God is saying and how he is, he is saying it. And honestly, we believe God's constantly working in the circumstances of our lives and in the life of our church. Again, another example. This last year, through our savings, through incredibly generous, unexpected financial gifts, through an estate gift, through the federal government giving us and other entities resources during covid we brought in over $200,000 of money we weren't expecting that just kind of came out of nowhere. And so with that happening, if you'll remember, we very quickly convened a lead gathering of our leadership here at Grace and said, hey, gang, these are the resources we have. We think we could pay off our mortgage like 10 years early. What do you think? And we listened to our leadership, and then we brought it to you as a congregation. We had a Q&A and some time for you to be able to come and ask questions and to be able to explain this. And my friends, one of the highlights of our 40th celebration in two weeks is we're going to burn the mortgage right here. 
We own this building, free and clear, and we believe that God made it very clear to us that that's how we were to use these resources. So that's what we're going to do, and we're going to celebrate that in two weeks. Don't invite the fire marshal to church in two weeks because we're going to burn it right here, and it's, it's going to be fantastic. But we believe that God speaks through all these means because his word is transformational. It's powerful, and now we actually get to look at a little bit of scripture with the time we have. This is one of the many reference verses we have for what we're asserting about the power of God's word. And it says this. This is 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 through 17. Just a real quick context here. So this is written by Paul to Timothy. Timothy was one of the early leaders of the church. And he's basically giving him the bottom line about God's written word. And he says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for for every good work. And there's so much here, and we're just gonna do a couple layers here, but we could spend the entire, the entire morning just on this passage. But it tells us this reality that God's word is God-breathed. What does that mean? Well, interestingly, this is the only time in the entire Bible this word is used, God-breathed, and it's here. And it's God talking about his word. And he's saying, basically, very simplified version. Yeah, I did that. That's mine. So these things we've talked about, God's word is verbally inspired and errant and all this stuff in our doctrinal statement, that's all wrapped up in that reality that this is the word of God. This is the re revealing of God, the speaking of God to us. And because of that reality, God's word is true. It's not true because I say it's true. It's not true because you believe it's true. It's true because it's God. It's God's truth. And we have been indoctrinated. We have been told. We have been taught that truth is relative. And that is reinforced and told us in so many different ways and so many different means through our media and our culture. Well, that's, and really the practical outpouring of this, again, is that's when we say in many circumstances, oh, well, you know, you do you and I'll do me. Okay, but not when it comes to truth. God's truth is applicable, is practical, is reality to all people on all occasions, in all circumstances, in all contexts, in all cultures. There really is a thing called absolute truth. And whether you and I deny it or not really isn't the issue. It's true whether you think it is or not whether I think it is or not. And so because of that reality, it's so important that we understand what God's word tells us. And so in future weeks, as we progress through these seri this series, we're gonna look at what God says about our humanity, about our sexuality, about community, about hope, because it's his truth. And therefore, we not only need to listen to it, we need to live it out. And because it's his truth, it's trustworthy. We can trust this because it's timeless. And this is where practically it can get a little difficult because there will be these seasons, there will be these times when we will experience things, when we will go through things, and it doesn't match up with God's word, and we have a choice at that point. Am I going to do what I think is right? Am I going to do what I think is true? Am I going to do or not do whatever I think is best, or am I going to filter that through God's word? We bring our experiences to God's word 
because it is the final authority from God in our life. And it's transformational. And this is why. Just prior to what we just read, Paul is telling Timothy, you've known the scriptures, and we know that in the beginning of this letter, it was his grandma and his mom who taught him the scriptures and helped him know Jesus Christ. But he says, you know the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. You see, unfortunately, so often this gets treated as an ancient book of wisdom. And, you know, you can take it or leave it, apply it or not. No. This is the revealing of God, of himself to us, and this is his revealing of of how we can be saved. Saved from a life of sinfulness and selfishness and self-focus and saved to the life that counterintuitively we're all really looking for in our selfishness. And that's a life of blessing and a life of joy and a life of fulfillment. And ironically, you don't achieve that life by expecting others to serve you. You actually find that life by serving others. You don't You don't experience that life by getting as much as you possibly can. You actually experience that life by giving away as much as you can. And so it goes. But the Word of God is transformative. It's not just information. It really is about transformation. And that's why we not only need to know it, we need to live it, and we need to experience it because it's how we discover God. It's how we know God. It's how we find the life we're very looking for in the wrong ways and in the wrong places that the Bible calls sin because they're selfish and self-focused. My friends, this is one of the reasons why we're trying to be so very deliberate with communities at Grace which is why we're calling you to smaller group community. Yes, this is absolutely necessary. This is a vital part of knowing God and experiencing God to gather corporately for worship. But there is a season, a section of life that you need to experience in smaller community. And what makes this focus with communities at Grace different than what we've done in prior seasons with our small groups here is we are very deliberately steering into living out the spiritual practices together. We are trying to position ourselves to a place where we're trying to not only understand and learn God's word, which is absolutely vitally important, but we're also trying to live it out together in very practical, meaningful ways. And again, you know, for a variety of reasons, a community at Grace may not work for you, or you may be in a different small group, and that that really is okay, but that's where we're trying to go. Because there's something that happens when you not only know God's word, cognitively understand God's word, but also live out God's word and experience the realities of God's word. The elders, whenever we meet, always anticipate, look forward to being able to pray with folks as elders, as a team. We take James 5 very seriously because, again, we believe God's word and we've experienced the power of God's word. And it says that if you need healing, come to the elders, let them anoint you with oil, and pray over you. 
And so we pray for physical healing, mental and emotional healing, spiritual healing. We, we just, if someone wants prayer with the elders, man, we make it happen. We have, we have someone coming in this next Tuesday, and we do most Tuesdays when it is that we're meeting. But all that being said, a couple contacted us and asked if they could come to the elders for prayer. This was, I don't know, a couple months ago. And we said, absolutely, come on in. They came on in. We always ask, how can we pray for you? What's going on? And, and it turns out that the husband was just, he is just a, a godly man who loves Jesus. He's deep waters. He's deeply mature. But, but struggling with some things, anxiety, fear, insecurities, hearing voices declaring that he's worthless, that, that he's a horrible husband. And you're just on and on. And so we began to pray for him, but as we did so, very deliberately so, some of our elders, as the Spirit led them, spoke the word of God over him and said, this is who the word of God says you are. This is who you are. This is how God sees you. This is your true identity. This is the voice you need to listen to. And so we did that together. We prayed and they left and we got this text the very next day and he had been having sleep issues and just all sorts of stuff. And what he shared with us was just so moving for all of us because he said, I have this peace and I'm no longer anxious and afraid. And I've realized, yes, this really is who I am in Jesus and that makes all the difference. And we were just profoundly moved by how quickly God had moved in his life through the power of his word and his willingness to internalize that and to believe it and to respond to God and to hear God and then to live that out. My friends, the word of God is transformational. When you come to God's word here, privately, on your phone, whatever, you and I should reasonably expect that God is going to speak. And so as our worship team comes and as we prepare to respond in worship, this next song is singing about listening to God. And always, when we have corporate worship together and when we're singing, you don't have to sing. We encourage you to, but there are very necessary times where you stop and you listen to what God wants to speak to you, either through that song or through the word or through something earlier in the service. And we want to encourage you to do that in this time, but this is what we also want to encourage you to do. Right over there is going to be Matt Patrick. Pastor Matt was up here. He was the one who did highlights. He's going to be standing over there, and we're going to have a baptism right after these next two songs. And if you would like to get baptized, if you've never been baptized, but you love Jesus and want to follow him with your life, we would love to baptize you. You have these next couple songs to, to choose to, to do that. And I would encourage you, if this makes sense to you, if you haven't been baptized, you want to get baptized, man, I would suggest to you, that's the voice of God and you need to listen to that. And you need to get baptized and we would love to celebrate that with you this morning. But now we're going to worship. So let's, let's listen as God continues to speak to us through this song. Absolutely. And by the way, Eli's preaching next Sunday. I thought he did a pretty good job in there, yeah? Talk about clearly expressing his love for Jesus and for his desire to follow him. And you're not off the hook with this either. We have another service here for those of you who are watching online. You haven't been baptized. You get down here. We have clothes 
towels. We've removed every excuse you possibly have from getting baptized. We would love to baptize you today, and that applies for you here as well. well I hope that you have experienced God speaking into your heart and life this morning through our music worship, through our time in his word, through this baptism. And so as we prepare to go from here, would you please stand this morning with me? You know, many times we think about salvation as a one-time event where you cross over from death to life when you receive Jesus Christ into your life and choose to follow him as your Lord and Savior. And that's absolutely true. But scripture also talks about salvation as an ongoing process. It's not just a one-time thing. It is, but it's also a daily, hourly, moment-by-moment experience of hearing from God, following God, being saved from the selfishness that we so easily can default to and being saved to a life of blessing, a life that loves and gives and serves and lives like Jesus. And so with this reality in mind, Peter writes in his letter this, and he's talking about Jesus. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you don't see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your soul. Let me pray his blessing over us. Lord Jesus, would you continue to speak to us through your word, through our times of prayer with you, through our listening to you, through circumstances, through this very community that we get to be a part of. Lord, thank you that you are the God who's seeing us in our brokenness. Instead of leaving us there, you come to us and you offer us a way out You offer to save us from that and to save us to the very life of blessing and hope and joy that we look for so often in broken places. God, would we believe you? Would we trust you? When you speak, would we listen and choose to trust and obey? And Lord, I pray your blessing over each person here, each person who is listening and watching this. God, thank you that you are faithful, that you are good, and that you are with us now as we go. And we do all this in the name of Jesus. And God's people said... Amen. So now go and live for him. Thank you for joining us for sermon audio from Grace Community Church here in Gresham, Oregon. For more information about service times and ways to follow us online, please go to gracecc.net. That's gracecc.net.